Okay. Here we dang. Dang that that looks. Wow. I'll get into that. Hang on. <laughs> We're here in the second episode of the Let's Do Sports podcast. The most entertaining slash least um watched best least watched podcast there we go there we go uh that's happening ever i claim it i'm gonna claim it i think we had one person that wasn't me watching last time so let's go for two am i right am i right Jeez, this makes me look really fat for those of you who are listening to the podcast i'm wearing uh, a lion's maddie stafford jersey and this is really like making me look like like a big boy. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I'm not that big. Let me just prove it to the people who are watching the video. I swear to you, I'm like pretty average, but makes me look a little big. I'm not gonna lie, makes me look a little big. It's like an extra extra large. I I, I found it. <laughs> I I saw it at a at a flea market so this is real because the dude that sells it sells like the real stuff but he had it on sale because i'm guessing no one was touching it because that's when you know detroit who who cares you know it's detroit so yeah i got the i got the maddie ice well not really maddie ice but maddie stat maddie statford got the maddie statford uh jersey so uh we had a, a, a an interesting time last week with sports. I felt like uh, there was a lot, a lot, and a lot that didn't happen. I will say a lot happened in the, um, in the world of combat sports. I felt like a lot did happen. Not like too much, but it was an interesting week. I think there was there was knuckle mania. There was uh the boxing the fight uh Brooke versus Khan, um. And Fight Night, uh, Hill versus Walker. And there was a Bellator card, but I'm be honest, like, sue me. I didn't, ah, that there was legitimately no one on that Bellator, no fight legitimately interests me on that Bellator card. But there was just a lot that happened that week, too. So I couldn't watch everything, but I did watch mostly. All the combat sports. And I watched the All-Star game. Uh, obviously, the season in the NFL is over. So, there's not going to be much news. But, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm pretty sure more stuff will be coming out. But, it was a, a bit of a silent week. A bit of a nothing week. When thinking about uh, American football. Whoa. What are we doing here? Okay. Um so let's just get into it on our topics. Obviously fight night results. We're going to talk a little bit about uh BKFC's Knuckle Mania 2, mostly the former UFC fighters fights. Uh we're going to talk the Brook versus Khan main event and we're going to talk the NBA All-Star game. LeBron team LeBron versus team Durant and was probably one of the better ones. Uh, I think last year was kind of a little bit suspect, but this year they brought it back. I think two years ago it was pretty good too, or was it three years ago? One or the other. So 
Let's get started with Fight Night. Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill. Banger. That was that was a good show. That was a, th- these are the shows that are interesting because I think originally it was supposed to be what was it? Dos Anjos. Ooh, Dos Anjos versus uh, Rafael Fiziev or Rafael Fiziev. And I swear it was supposed to be like Makachev, Dos Anjos then. And then, yeah. And then I think that fight is now moved to another uh, card. And instead of Dos Anjos now, it's actually going to be Bobby Green versus Makachev. So that is just a lot. It's it's a lot of a lot of a lot. Wow. A lot of changes, but it looks like we're going to get Bobby Green. And he just came off, I just spoke about it last week, a sensational performance against uh, Nasrat Hakparov. Nasrat Hakparov. And now he's going to get a chance to face a top, uh, a top guy, a top guy in the division. Do I think he'll win? I think he can. I think there's ways for him to find the win, but I just, I don't know now. Um, Makachev is, is that guy is, is he's starting to turn scary. Like, um, uh, Habib, not yet, not yet. He still looks beatable. He looks more beatable than, than Habib, but eh, you know what I mean? Like he's probably going to dominate. He's probably going to dominate that. That's a scary part. So, we start with the first fight of the Walker Hill main card. We're not going to talk too much about the uh, prelims. Oh, my dog. We're gonna we're not going to talk too much about the prelims because there's the prelims on a fight night card, which means there's very much uh, no-name talent there. Not that they aren't good. Not that I don't respect the the grind that those guys also put in, but... I do understand that they have little to no uh, big name value. Uh, the only name I will shout out, though, from the prelims is Chaz Skelly. Um, it was in a bit of a situation. Wow. It was in a bit of a situation. Uh, I think, what was it, last year when he came in. So he was already in the uh, the octagon and his challenger got uh, some back. I don't want to say cramps because they're they're more they were more severe than cramps, but they he had some ba- oh spasms he had back spasms he had back spasms right before they went out uh right before they made their entrance and he was in the octagon and he, they sent him home and I doubt they gave him like the win bonus I'm pretty sure they just gave him like the show up money that's about it hopefully they did at least and uh you know. It's it's kind of sad. He came back from an injury, but now he came in in the prelims and did work. I think he got the TKO win, so shout out Chad Skelly. Good for him. We're going to start with Joaquin Buckley decisioning uh, Al Hassan, I think, 29-28 on all three judges' scorecards, most likely, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the fight was an interesting one. These two have like an intertwining, a little bit of an intertwining thing. Not the biggest 
intertwining, but uh, what is it? Buckley lost to the last dude that Al Hassan beat. So Buckley lost to I don't I think it's Alessio De Carrick. The Carrico, the Carrick, the Carrico, the Carrico. Let me look this up right quick. So I tried to look it up, and I just, I actually I should have looked it up on YouTube, but we're not gonna spend so much time on that. Alessio De Carrico, I think he's an Italian guy, and uh, that was the last dude that beat Joaquin Buckley. I think it was a head kick. It was right after. Not right after, but it was after those, um, you know, he did that ninja thing <laughs> after he, after he got caught and then he, he lost to Alessio, but Al Hassan then faced Alessio and he got the TKO in, I think, 17 seconds. So they intertwine a little bit. I know Buckley actually had a fight after the Alessio loss, but, you know, it's still an intriguing little conversations who have before they had the fight um one thing uh legitimately as soon as round one started and the first punch landed well maybe not the first punch but as soon as Al Hassan landed you can tell that dude has power that is out of this world uh he Buckley did not like those any any of those shots that land he know he did not want anything to do with that power and i think this fight actually was supposed to happen a month ago okay yeah this fight was supposed to happen a month ago so you can tell both of them are kind of chomping to the bit i think it was buckley who actually made made weight last time around and al hassan i got i guess he got injured or something something happened to where he had to, they had to call it off and uh what's it called buckley now has to cut weight twice so that's a little bit of a a disadvantage but we started with the fight the fight was close really close in the first round i'd like to say that in the first round there was a lot of things thrown it was a fast-paced first round lots of lots of shots landed from both sides don't necessarily know if it was clear that was one of the one of the things going on for the next round was the first round was really it wasn't clear it wasn't clear you couldn't tell specifically if you, like if you saw buckley winning i can see that argument if you saw al hassan winning i can see that argument yeah i thought it was a pretty close first round in the second round al hassan got dominated on the ground got dominated on lots of areas in that fight i think he gassed he pretty much gassed in that second round and it was interesting because it kind of shifted both rounds in round two you saw buckley using the wrestling using lots of body shots but every time it looked like he clipped uh, Al Hassan, he made sure not to rush in there. He did not want to get hit with anything that Al Hassan was throwing, and it was a pretty pretty similar thing. But vice versa in the third round, because in the third round it looked like Buckley started gassing out. I think Al Hassan also made some adjustments to make sure he was ready for those takedowns that were most likely going to come again in the third round, and uh. Buckley survived survived that third round it looked like Buckley survived 
in the end, however, it looked like uh it it was a really close fight. I know each of them took one of those two last rounds, but it came down to the first round and all the judges saw the first round as a Buckley win. So um good job to uh Joaquin Buckley. I, I like him. I like him. He 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 had he had the special defense dude in his corner. I don't know if you've seen the dude with the he's like, Oh, all you have to do is turn it like that with like the gun he he wears the cop stuff or whatever but um yeah he had him in his corner i thought that was actually pretty funny uh you can tell buckley like i guess he 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 has a right to feel this way but you can tell he feels he's a star um cuz i think he said in his post fight interview that they're not promoting me like how they should be promoting me and he said with the help of the special defense guy, he's like, oh, but now I got the promotion. You know what I mean? So he, he has a, he has some good thoughts about himself. You know, hey, it's, it's that confidence that takes some of the best of the best to the next level. So hopefully Buckley doesn't suffer another setback. I think he's well-rounded for sure. He has the boxing, the, the shot. I just don't know if his style is a five round style because he plots sometimes and, uh, he he gets a little heavy by the third round for sure. But if he can if he can get that cardio, he is a very he's very much a five round guy. I hope he gets a ranking in the very near future. And Al Hassan just needs to go knock out some other dudes. You know, I can see it happening. That power is insane. Both of them seem like they can uh do damage in that in the was it the middleweight division. Um. And the middleweight division right now needs names. So, you know, you can probably be a number seven and get to a title fight. You know what I mean? Uh, they just need a break in there. But I'm hoping one more fight and then a ranking fight for Buckley. And then I'm pretty sure Al-Hassan will have to win a few, at least a couple more fights before he gets a ranked fight. Next, um... On that card was the Jim Miller Tiago Mota fight. Jim Miller has thirty nine. Was it thirty nine fights in the UFC? I think that's what it was. And Moto uh, Tiago Mota was a fairly new prospect. He, I think, this was his first fight. If not, this was his second fight. He had what was it? He had where is it? I think he was either on the uh, Contender Series or on some kind of tryout for the Ultimate Fighter, as one of the commentators suggested. Uh, the fight was... Uh, uh, it was so-and-so. Shout out to Jim Miller for um, just being a dog in there. He He... He made some comments closer to that, I think, in the end where he was like, you know, he comes out there to fight, basically, is what he was alluding to. And it was basically, it started with Moda just uh, pressuring, and he clipped uh, Miller lots and lots and lots and lots and lots. And then I think Miller understood that he isn't going to win just in a straight up, like, brawl brawl. It's probably not best of him to go of the fight like that so he made some adjustments and utilized probably one of the most overpowered techniques in 
the UFC in just he not because I would say a type right I would say what what are the other ones but I I don't know if it's necessarily the technique or just the move but what I'm alluding to is the leg kicks he thrashed Motor's leg that Motor's leg just oh my god uh it was bruised up it was bruised up really bad I don't know if he can check him. Maybe he just doesn't know how to check him properly. You know, Connor didn't know how to check him properly in the Poirier, the second Poirier fight. He, uh, I remember Poirier saying that Connor would pick up his legs, but he wouldn't. Which you would say he wouldn't. I think you have to turn the leg a little bit. So he picked up his leg, but he wouldn't turn it. So I don't know if Motor just didn't know how to, or that's just what he just thought he could you know, thug through it, he could get through it, but those, those leg kicks came in handy, because it would be a leg kick, one, two, leg kick, one, two, it was an interesting, interesting fight, because, so they go into the corner, we see now Jim Miller has the, what he needs, he has the leg kick, that's what he needs to do, and you would think Moda's corner would tell him to check him, I don't know if they just didn't, or, because, you know, they speak uh, Portuguese, I was about to say Brazilian, they speak Portuguese, so I don't know if they just weren't thinking of that as the, what he should do, because if they weren't, they should, because... Uh, he he was his legs were getting chopped up, and it was a a lot of the same in the second round. It was a lot, a lot of the same. I don't think uh this is because it just it realistically went to another leg kick, and then uh Jim Miller threw. I think it was a one two, uh, like a a straight. I'm pretty sure it was a straight or a hook, and he clips Moda. Moda goes down. And he goes down hands behind back. Like, he's out of it. Hands behind back. He is not, he's not conscious there. He is, he's out. And then Miller has to, you know, the ref ain't, ain't step in. The ref didn't step in. So Motor had, uh, no, I mean, Miller has to go in and finish the job until the ref steps in. And ref stepped in finally. You know, Keith Peterson, you know, he smells like cigarettes and, and, and beer apparently to Dominic Cruz. But, he stepped in, and interestingly enough, because I thought I thought the stoppage was a little late. I I thought as soon as he fell down, you could kind of tell that uh, he was out of it. But you know, Keith Peterson gave him a little bit more time to get his uh, face beaten. Um, and Jim Miller said in the inter- in the interview afterward that uh, he sh- <laughs> that he felt that the performance was great, but the stoppage came just little too late a little too late in his eyes but but it was funny but it was interesting to see like a contrasting view on commentary Dominic Cruz said the stoppage was a great stoppage because he gave him time and I don't know I think Dominic is just kind of being consistent for sure you can't call him inconsistent because you know he was getting his face beat in by Henry Cejudo and he felt that the stoppage was a little early, but great uh, fight by both of them. Jim Miller says he has his eyes on UFC 300, I think, in 2024. Is that is that, I think, it's what it was? I don't even think that would be possible. 2024 it seems pretty soon. But we'll see. Oh, no, actually, yeah, because we're, like, in the 30s. So, yeah, it'll probably be 
sometime sometime in 2024 for sure so uh we'll we'll, we'll look forward to seeing jim miller do it again because he keeps getting these wins and you know he, he's 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 just a he's a fighter's fighter you know he he goes in there and he just goes fight he just goes to fight that's what he said he does he goes in there he goes to fight um i could see it i could watch a jim miller match a jim miller match a jim miller fight you know every day cuz that's just the type of the type of guy he is he he goes in there to finish it I'm not saying you have to but he is a he is a very entertaining fighter so for moda i think I don't know. I mean, they're going to send him out there, uh, you know, a few more times and then we'll see if he makes it. Uh, he's still fairly new to the game, but you would hope he didn't. I just felt like his performance was very lackluster. I felt like you you would hope for a young guy like Mota to, you know, to beat Jim Miller. But Jim Miller is like somewhat a gatekeeper and that just means he's just not at that level yet. So... Hopefully he gets a few more fights and he can pick it up because he looks like a good he looks he looks like a good kid. He's my he's older than me, a good kid. He just looks like a good guy and I, I hope someone like him uh can, you know, go through those peaks and valleys and, you know, find the summit or whatever and, you know, make it work cuz he did that to be fair like he didn't look that great on last saturday but it won't be the end hopefully for tiago mota in the ufc now we're going to i think the longest fight no not the longest but i to my in my eyes it was an interesting fight i think it was the more one of the more entertaining fights of the night they they both went out there and and went for it but it's We'll say it was a little bit uh, good for one and bad for the other fighter. Uh, Parker Porter versus Bado. For those of you who don't know who Bado is, he is Surreal Gon's training partner. Excuse me. Surreal, Surreal Gon's training partner. And the thing about this performance... Uh, Makes me question a little bit of what's going on in that camp of Surreal Gons. So it was interesting. I learned, I learned actually that Parker Porter actually faced uh, John Jones in his, in one of his first fights. And I think he got defeated in like 30 seconds or something like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was one of I, he was I think one of his fights one of his first few fights one of John Jones' first few fights Parker Porter was, but now he's 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 better than ever he's in the UFC you know that's in the distant far distant past who's thinking about what Parker Porter was doing back in oh eight oh nine you know what I mean so he's in the UFC he has a fight against Surreal Gons uh one of Surreal Gon's training partners and Bado is also an interesting story going into it because I think his last fight, the fight before his last fight, I think he lost and then it was a known contest. I'm pretty sure. Or no. 
No, so he came off a loss and then a no contest. So there's no wins on his UFC record. He he fought Tom Aspinall, which is a hard fight for any heavyweight right now. I think Tom Aspinall will be the future of that division uh, not too far from now, but he says he's not trying to rush it. But back to the main fight, but though Porter starts first round and you can instantly see that these there there's a difference in the striking they can both fight but you can tell who's sharper who's cleaner with his his strikes and that's but though he trains with surreal gone i hope that his strikes are clean and nice you know what i mean it's i think parker went in there knowing he want he wanted either to clinch with him or to get some takedowns because he went for the clinch and Bado just gets three clean uppercuts, and I'm just like, how is he alive? Like, how is his head still on his short shoulders, you know? Because Bado hits that on me. I'm either lights out or my head is on the other side of the planet. You know what I mean? So they start, and it's it's a little bit of a war, but I think he eventually got the takedown in, and it made me start thinking, let's see. Yeah. I wrote it down too. I said the surreal gone camp needs better wrestling. That's exactly what I wrote because I saw that um what's it called that he they they don't have good technique those two um on the ground. They they don't know about like the hip movements and and what you're supposed to do to get yourself out of certain positions. I would defend gone because gone had like a whole 300 pounder on him. So I'll defend him, but Bado is closer to, is really close to Parker Porter, uh, pool, wow, 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 Parker Porter's size. So you would think he'd be able to get him off of there, but he couldn't. And, uh, the, the wrestling really also showed me that, uh, what's it called? Parker Porter is, is a good wrestler. Maybe he won't be that good. If it's against another guy that's elite at wrestling, but I think his wrestling is now probably a little bit underrated. Um, he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly what he wanted and when he wanted it. He he's was it in the I think in the second round. No, in the first round he gets him down and he gets good damage on. Whoa, good damage on Bado. And it closed out, and it looked like for sure um, Parker Porter took that first round really easily with those takedowns. I know it was a bit of um, a scare with those uppercuts at first, but, you know, he ate them. He ate them. So, you know, damage caused, who knows, but he ate them, and he made it look like it was nothing. But Parker also landed some of his shots. Furthermore, on the se- in the second round, we saw... Uh, the same, what was it? Let's see. Yeah, we saw the same thing kind of happening. I'm going to be honest. It was just a lot of the same Parker Porter pressuring, going forward, getting in uh, Badeau's face. But Badeau had a lot of success with a 1-3-4, I believe. So just he was jamming up. Uh, Parker Porter in his face like he looked Parker looked a little bit more beat up in the face because the the shots that Badeau was landing were like really clean 
but they weren't enough to take him out. And then he started wrestling again. And there was one time where I think he got a slam in. So Parker Porter gets the slam, gets the pressure. And it was interesting because you you could tell, I think a little bit after uh, Porter's last takedown and Badeau got back up, that Badeau actually started hitting combinations. That's why I mean about the one, three, fours. Towards the end of that second round, a lot of success from the border, the butt border, the Badeau corner, and what they were trying to do. And I think that's what he was trying to do most of the fight was to basically eat, uh, what's it called, piece up Parker Porter. And I think they did a good job. Um, but I, I had a little bit of some salt against Badeau because for some reason he thought winning that last was it minute or 30 seconds of a whole five minute round i guess he thought he was winning the fight or something but he yells up to the crowd and then he goes they both get it go to their corner parker goes to his corner and Badeau's like turn around turn around turn around like my bad if you're wearing like some uh headphones but he goes turn around turn around and I'm just like, you just lost, bro. And you're talking about turn around. How about you turn around? You know what I mean? You turn around and go get some advice from your corner and ask him, how do I stop these takedowns? You know what I mean? But we go into the third round and uh, Parker still looks confident. He got pieced up a little bit towards the end, but he didn't get clipped. Like nothing stunned him. But he did get pieced up a little bit. It looked like he was going for the same same attack with the with the takedowns but this was a different round because i guess all that time on his back but finally caught his breath because he came into the third round and he was hitting everything and not getting hit he kept clipping up kept kept clipping up kept clipping up kept kicking up and clip kipping clipping him so he kept clipping him the whole the whole i think the first two minutes of that round were all but doe but though with that, but though with this, and but though with that, he hit him with everything. No kicks, not much kicks, but his hands were tight, and he was hitting up uh, Parker Porter right in the nose wherever he wanted to hit him. He was hitting him, but Parker Porter finally got the the takedown he was so desperately looking for because there was some bad attempts. There was times where he was trying to drag Bado down instead of actually like put him down he was trying to drag him down with him so it was a bad there were some bad attempts but he got him down and he, he you could tell he was okay with the control time he just needed to stop getting pieced up because you're in danger of a 10-8 or something like that so he got peace he got him down and he was just pitter patting if we're being fair he was just pitter patting and he was moving with uh whatever uh Badeau was doing he was moving with him so he was making sure he stayed on top and he stayed on top until that bell rung and the results were red and Parker Porter got the decision. So good fight for Badeau. Cause all that little taunting that good fight for Porter, uh, all that little taunting that Badeau was doing. Uh, I, I wasn't a fan of it. I wasn't a fan of it. I'm, I'm a fan of, of it when you're winning, or when you're at least putting on like a, a very, very, very competitive fight. Though I felt the fight was entertaining. I don't know if it was the most competitive. 
because you know all Parker really had to do was get these takedowns, and he probably could have won a very what some people would call boring fight. But nonetheless, good fight for both. I hope Bado gets a win because I I can see a world where he fights someone that isn't a a wrestler or doesn't have knowledge of wrestling. I can see a fight where he could probably win. And there's a lot of people on that rank, uh, you know, uh, that are ranked that probably could lose to Bado, but it wasn't Parker Porter. So another interesting tidbit though, before we move on to the next fight was you can like, like really hear after they announced Parker Porter, the win, I a hundred percent believe. I don't know what exactly it is, right? But you can hear Paul Felder saying, "Really? Are you serious? You got to be kidding me!" Something like that. And and I'm pretty sure he wanted to interview Parker Porter, you know, just to congratulate him, let him get some words in, let him, you know, say what he wants to say. But they, I guess, they were they felt like they were strapped for time or something something along those lines and he didn't get to interview him and you just hear him throwing a fit like what what are you serious really stuff like that you got to be kidding so no interview for porter which i thought was kind of sad because he just put on like a good showing but i think they thought they were gonna go over a little bit because i think what two of the first three fights no yeah now you have two of the first three fights going to decisions but Knowing what would happen in the next fight, it's it's a little bit interesting. Because the next fight was Kyle Dukakis against Jamie Pickett. And this fight was, I think, the stinker of the night, but the performance of the night, to be fair. Uh, this fight was actually at catch weight. There was no, there wasn't any middleweight. I guess available Pickett took this fight on I think 10 two weeks or 10 days notice something like that it was really short notice for Pickett that's why it happened at catch weight because I doubt Pickett was gonna make it to that weight in time but uh for those of you who don't know who Dukakis is um his he's brothers with a heavyweight the heavyweight that uh (laughs) That got destroyed by Derek Lewis not too long ago, but his la- Dukakis's last fight um, was so his older bro- his brother is a heavyweight and he got destroyed by Lewis, but Kyle Dukakis's last fight was against Kevin Holland, and yeah, that fight was uh was in good news for Holland because knowing what we've seen now. He probably was gonna lose that fight. Uh, f- uh, that fight, if you don't, if you guys don't remember, happened a few, a good few months ago back. And what happened was both collided heads in the in the octagon. Both collided heads, and it was like a very, very close, like. It couldn't have happened at the more precise time. They collide heads and it, and it hits Kevin like on the temple or in the chin or whatever. And he goes down and it looked like initially a Dukakis TKO. But it ended up being a Kevin Holland 
uh, what's it called? A Kevin, uh, a no contest. It ended up being a no contest for both. But I'll I'll say this: I'm not a fan. Just like I wasn't a fan of Bado. Well, I'm not a fan of Bado, not because he can't. Uh, no, it has nothing to do with their abilities. Before I say I'm not a fan, it has just more to do with their personalities. And I thought Bado was acting like a, a Jack A. Uh, in his fight, but I don't like Dukakis because I think the dude's a little bit of a of a neek. Like he's salty as hell. Cause from that fight, he was like, you know, he was like, you know, if 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 Kevin if Kevin got knocked down with that headbutt and and he I'm not <laughs> like like yeah, that's how he sounds. But he he said. Kevin got knocked down with that head, but and came back and knocked me out. It'd be all over Sports Center, and they'd be like, "Wow, he this what a performance!" But because he 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 got his head knocked, he got knocked out, and you know it's a no contest or whatever. And I was just like, "Bro, you guys legitimately like headbutted each other. Like, you're blaming this guy for for <laughs> you're you're blaming this guy for his brain shutting down when your skull smashed into his. You know what I mean?" Like what is what is there to be salty about? Because he was so salty on that. Like you could see from his face, he was so disappointed that that like he it it wasn't a win for him. Because it shouldn't be a win for him. You know what I mean? We all know what the head book the the head book. We all know what the rule books are. Though the UFC has a lot of tightening to do on what they consider knockdowns and a downed opponent. I'm not gonna start this conversation, but. We all know they could do better. We know one thing that's illegal is headbutts, and that's what happened. And what was it? I think they were in Nevada. I think they were in the Apex, so they get to check replays whenever. And so you know what the rules are, and if something that happened that kind of breaks the rules happens, it's going to be a no contest or a DQ, and it was a no contest because obviously it wasn't. He didn't do it on purpose, but he was just so salty on that okay so the fight starts and uh so dominic crew bigs up this guy which i thought was hilarious because he he says oh why you know he he has good takedown defense we can see him wrestle he has good good movement when he strikes and everything like he, he bigs him up he bigs him up because i think uh he said he said he said himself that I Jamie Pickett said, um, he quoted Pickett saying that no. Let me rephrase this so I don't make uh Cruz look a little funky, but and it quoted Pickett saying that he had uh, sparred a lot of rounds in practice. That's that's what Pickett preached. He said, I sparred so much in practice. That's what I did. I sparred. I sparred a lot. A lot in practice. And Cruz is a very, uh, a good, um, he admires when fighters spar a lot more. He says anyone can do it, like, however you want to, but he said how Pickett fights, uh, I think he also said it for Walker later, I'll bring that up, but he said how Pickett fights, it's good for him to, to spar a lot because it's kind of like a flow. He, he fights kind of in flow, in motion type stuff, so... He he bigged him up, and it was funny because the fight starts. You know, Caucus goes in. Caucus, do Caucus get? I'm a I'm a calm Caucus actually. Caucus goes in, and they start fighting, 
and they start fighting. Yeah, no. And I think the the mindset was we're going to try to take him down. Uh, we're going to try to take him down and uh, get the ground and pound because I'm pretty sure. I don't know what it is, but I'm pretty sure Dukakis has a decent wrestling. I don't know if he's a wrestler, but like looking at the first few minutes of the of the Holland fight before the knockdown, before the the headbutt happened, um, and looking at this fight, I'm he's 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 a real good. If he's not a, an actual wrestler, he is a good anti wrestler because he understands what he has to do on the ground, and he took Jamie Pickett down. V- pretty easily and kept them down there for most of that fight it reminded me of the blood diamond um the blood diamond fight the blood diamond jeremiah wells fight from last week well two weeks ago which was it just looked like someone didn't know what they were doing on their back on the ground so what we saw was a lot of a lot of nothing from Pickett. to be fair but i mean so Dukakis just does his work on the ground, you know, ground and pound, tries to get the submission in. I think he actually got a a, a Von Prue choke. A Von Prue choke, you know what I mean? Not a Von Flute choke, Von Prue choke uh, on Pickett because Pickett for some reason was going for a, a guillotine. He was going for a guillotine for like absolutely no reason and on his back too. So... He held it, but he held the guillotine while Dukakis was in side control, which is a terrible idea because that's how you, that's how you get the Von Prue choke. You know what I mean? Um, and he went, he did it, but he was able to control his breathing and he got out of it. And it was interesting because they both get up, they 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 get back into into striking position, I guess, and. He goes for Pickett maybe throws like two, three shots back to the ground, back to the ground. Bam. No, actually, before that, before that, let's get back. Let's uh, Dukakis, because now he's worrying about the takedown. Dukakis starts uh, getting a few good shots. Pickett makes space a little bit and he kind of got, he kind of got, as soon as he threw, one arm is up, right? Bukakis goes, slips that punch right to the takedown, takes him down. And he works for a, a what was it? He works for a choke. He works for a blood choke. And it was so close. It was so close. So he gets the choke in. He gets the choke in. And man. Ah, I'd 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 have some regrets if I was picking, but at the same time, what was he gonna, what was gonna be different from round one and round two that was gonna make Pickett think of that of like you know how I'm gonna hang on because Pickett tapped out at four fifty nine, so one second left in the first round, Pickett tapped out. And man, I'd be so disappointed. I'd I'd be so disappointed. But it was a blood choke, so what do you expect? You know what I mean? Like I just can't I can't expect Pickett to know, you know? But it, it just reminded me of what was going on in the in the if we if you go back two weeks ago in the um Cannoneer and Brunson fight and Cannoneer had a good idea that the clapper went off, so he didn't tap. But I don't know, because when you're in those positions, 
and this is not a rear naked choke where you're fully like you can see everything you know what i mean so maybe his ear got muffled in that submission or something but the clapper went off and i guess he just lost track of time he could he was pretty probably panicked that's why he didn't control his breathing and tapped out with one second left and and as soon as 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 caucus sees that and he's like did he tap did he tap did he i mean no no he tapped he tapped he tapped he tapped he pleads with the ref the ref says it's over everyone kind of knows it's over i think uh, felder or cruz was like is that it is that not it it was like legitimately like right before that clapper went off but Good performance, good performance by Dukakis. I, I now I think I'm I'm on the train now. Like he he's he looks he seems well rounded. He seems well rounded. He's not beating any of the dudes in the top ten right now, but I can see him in a ranked fight in the near future. And Pickett, uh, uh I'd be do like again, I'd be disappointed. But Pickett showed me really nothing in that first round to say like. Oh, if he didn't tap, he could he could have came back. Because I think if he wouldn't have tapped that round, probably would have tapped round two, round three. Because Dukakis was going for submissions that fight. He was he knew what he was trying to get. So with that, dang, that's a quick segue. That's like see one of the things of being a, a fairly new to the podcast game. I would say is that I'm I'm terrible at segues. Like I'm actually so terrible at them. I don't know. I so I I, I end up just saying so. Is what I noticed. And I only have one episode, but I can already tell that every time I don't know how to slip, I just go, so. <laughs> but with that submission, with that um stoppage in the first round, that also leads us to the next fight. Oh, you see what I did there? It's still a crappy segue. But is we going to the main event, which wasn't the main event, but then was elevated to the main event. We are talking about Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill. This fight, to me, was the coming out party for Jamal Hill. For those of those people who did not or do not know who Jamal Hill is, they know after this because Johnny Walker. Only a few years ago, Johnny Walker was apparently the next guy. He was the next challenger for John Jones. And he wasn't really even ranked. But they were like, oh, you know, if Johnny gets this... Because all Johnny had to do was beat, what was it, Corey Anderson. If he beat Corey Anderson, we were most likely in line for a Johnny Walker versus John Jones fight. And... He lost to Corey Anderson, and who did he lose to next? Nikita Krylov. He lost. He lost to Nikita Krylov and Corey Anderson, and it was dead. It was dead to people. He 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 was no longer the next guy. The hype train was was over, but not yet. There were still people on the train. They just thought he had some setbacks because what was it? The the fight before Corey Anderson. I don't know if you guys remember. He was trying to do the worm, and he dislocated his shoulder. And then from that, he the injury, like his arm was never the same. And he it wasn't until that Corey Anderson fight, dude got knocked out. And now we're here because he gets knocked out, TKO'd by Krylov. He beats, what, Misha Sarkinov and then loses to Tiago Santos. So now he is, what, 11th or 10th? in the rankings or 12th in the rankings, something along those lines 
and Jamal Hill is, you know, an up and comer. So he's kind of like in a in a in a gatekeeper type of way. But both of them came in, and both of them, at least in my eyes, uh, one of them needed this win more than the other, for sure, for sure. Jamal Hill is still, what's it, thirty? Uh, well, I'm pretty sure Johnny isn't that much older than him, but. It just it, uh Jamal Hill has less miles on him in MMA. I think Jamal Hill started when he was twenty six, so pretty pretty late uh, when thinking about MMA and everything. But mm, you know that it, like he just has no miles on him. He has four years, four years, and he's already what top ten. So the dude's insane. The dude's insane. Fight starts off, and I can't really do this because I usually kind of just sum up the rounds really quickly because I don't think, you know, unless you really want me to go in-depth to them. But I, I, So it starts off with, in my eyes, I felt as though Johnny Walker was getting, kind of piecing him up but not really connecting hard shots. But the jab was there, the leg kicks were there, and Jamal really wasn't checking them if I'm being honest. They weren't hard leg kicks, but they were kind of those glancing, tapping ones that don't cause the most damage. But obviously, in accumulation and everything, they'll probably, uh, what's it called? They'll probably cause a lot of damage uh, when they accumulate. And it was interesting because you can tell what Jamal was going for. He was trying to get him with what's it in his uh, southpaw stance. And he said he felt that his left hand was uh, coming up a little bit short. I think that's what he said. So, man, that dude's crazy. So, in fight, in fight, he makes the adjustment to not, to, to switch to orthodox. That's what he went for. He he went in fight and he switched uh to orthodox. That's an, like, that's legitimately, that's impressive because there's no... No one in the corner is telling you to do that. You know what I mean? No one in your in your corner is telling you to do that. When it's an in-fight adjustment, to me, that shows a lot about the fighter. Because that means that the, he knows he can change this. From what he's doing, he can change something up just a little bit. Or he sees something from his opponent. And he can, he's like, if I do this, I can find a way to beat him. Or this could lead me to some more success in the round so in fight he decides i'm gonna go orthodox and it was interesting because johnny was finding success i think at one point johnny thought he clipped him you know what i mean he he thought he clipped him that's how much success whether it be in johnny's head or in real life because i thought johnny was winning that round till the, the the switch because when he switched orthodox it looked like johnny didn't exactly know not that he didn't know what to do he's probably faced a lot of ortho- orthodox fighters but he planned most of that camp was probably we're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna face a a, a southpaw so we're just training southpaw you know what i mean so and I guess this is where you can tell, this is where I see bigger, like, a win. Where, where I find the adjustment very in, impressive and interesting. Because Johnny Walker wasn't able to make that adjustment like 
Jamal Hill was. Jamal Hill goes orthodox. Uh, Johnny looks a little bit confused. And then they both throw out, what's it, a straight? Or a little bit of a looping one from from Hill. But they both throw something out. And Hill actually slips Johnny straight. And then uh, Hill slips it just a little bit. They both throw this at the same time. And Hill hits him with his hook. And Johnny... <laughs> Johnny got clipped, and I thought he was good. Like I thought he was good, cause I'll, I'll show you a little bit for the TikTok. I'll show you. So Johnny, Johnny, so Jamal Hill switches orthodox. Johnny and him both throw something, and Johnny just falls in the most like comedic way. Like <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but he gets clipped, cause he got hit on the temple. He didn't get hit in the chin. He got hit on the temple, side of the head. He gets clipped, and the dude just falls like, whoa. Like, he legitimately, like, arms up, like, oh, my God. Like, it looked hilarious. And I do feel bad because, like, the dude, like, you know, brain cells and things like that. But he gets hit on the temple, and he looks like he's going to be fine. And then, like, half a second later, whoa. Like a, like a, what's that, the wacky, waveable, floating, inflatable in two men or something like that. Like arms up and everything. And poor Johnny is there. If he's on, if he's, <laughs> the dude's down, right. And Jamal Hill just falcon punches this guy on the ground. Like legitimately just, oh my God. The, if he wasn't dead yet, Johnny Hill died in that second punch. And, Jeez, Jamal Hill is one of those guys now. I think I think people need to be worried. People need to be worried and people need to watch out because that man is a bad man. You know what I mean? Uh, for Jamal Hill, I hope that he gets uh some more ranked fights. Um, I hope he gets to fight someone in the set the what's it the seven eight range something around around those lines. I don't know what his ranking is now, but uh one of those ranges right now and he's able to get in the top five hopefully soon um for johnny walker this is going to be interesting for sure because johnny walker oh, wait a second my bad johnny walker now you're you're looking at a dude who's what you're saying what's it? Three three and one in his last four? Something like that? So no, no, four four and one in his last five. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he lost Corey, lost Krylov, lost No, beat Serkinov, lost Santos, and lost Hill. So you're 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 looking at a four and oh, What's it? Four and one. No, one and four in his last five. And his losses, other than what's it? The the Santos loss. This dude is getting knocked out. You know what I mean? So now you're looking at someone who's taking damage, who's losing fights, and is realistically have realistically has a suspect chin. So where Johnny Hill goes from here, I don't know. Um, you know, he's moved camps like a few times already. So I just don't understand 
Now he's in SBG Ireland. Um, and I I, I don't know why he went there because those dudes don't have a head trainer. Remember, just like Connor said, he just does, he runs the show, so he needs to go to somewhere that's just not that because that is not. I don't believe that that's the place for him to be, but I also would say that I don't know where he would be because he has all the gifts, just like Jamal Hill. Jamal Jamal Hill has all the gifts, right? It's but it's the effort and it's the time that you put into these gifts, and not that I don't think that Johnny doesn't uh, put in the work and put in the effort, but I do find it interesting that this guy who was supposed to be the next coming of John Jones or the the John Jones biggest challenge is uh struggling a lot. So is it the chin or is it like his effort or is it I don't know. But he needs to either fix it or he needs to retire because I don't and and I'm calling for retirement not on um that he can't fight, but it's just more along the lines of um you know, you don't want to see the, the dude get CTE this early, get brain damage this early, you know what I mean? So, I it's just, it's an interesting, he's in an interesting spot. He's in an interesting spot because he's probably going to lose his rank. And if he doesn't, he's going to be probably like number 15. So, she, there's there there's a lot of guys in, in light heavyweight that I can see him lose to and lose to badly. So, he has to find a way to to really see. I I if if he can't be well rounded, then he has to really like exploit what he's good at and and make it his own. Because I'm just I just feel like there's a lot to be desired with a Johnny Walker, and there's a lot of potential that you feel is being wasted if he can't figure this out. But all in all. Good performance from Jamal Hill, who will be one of those guys. And if he's not a champion, he will be a contender at some point. So, so, you say that again. So, speaking about knockouts. Ah, there you go, there you go, there we go. Look, speaking about knockouts. Chad Mendez. Chad Money Mendez. He um, signed a deal. With the UFC's biggest competitor now, um, he signed a deal with BKFC, and I find this deal, I find this like interesting because I, I didn't know, I didn't know, I knew Mike Perry signed, which we'll get into later. I knew Mike Perry had signed. I I had no clue Chad Mendes signed. <laughs> the dude that he faced, Jesus. So the dude is called Fames, right? I'm gonna pull this up. I I don't like being on my uh my phone during the podcast but so so i I look at fames right (laughs) and so apparently this dude is like a singer or something like that he's like a singer or something like like a youtube rapper or a youtube singer this dude man man so they look like they belong. Like, I'm not going to lie. Fames went in there. He looked like he belonged in that ring. Like, I'm talking about physical shape, right? We're going to get into, like, the details of the fight. But we're going... 
he they look like they both should be in there you know what i mean and and i and i was happy to see chad mendez uh like that because i i don't know about like you know some people will talk about this later but he looked good he looked good and <laughs> the dude the dude looked real real sharp he looked like he knew what he he was planning to do as soon as he got in there and as soon as I can open this thing, I want to look at these notes right quick. Okay. So, Chad Mendez TKO's fans. <laughs> and so, when they both came out, like I said, they look, they both look like they belong. Funnily enough, Chad Mendez walks out and the banner and, like, the, 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 the LED screen or something, like, in the back still says fans. And it's just like, come on. <laughs> Cause that that's Chad Money Mendez, you know what I mean? And the dude is uh he he looks good. He looks good. He apparently said that uh that he felt great because you know in MMA you have to transfer the leg kicks, the jujitsu, all that stuff, uh, the boxing, but in and the wrestling, but in BKFC, you know it's really it's it's just boxing realistically. It's boxing but bare knuckles, and so. You know, he he doesn't have to put the stress on his body. It's more just like, you know, the boxing skill, like the, the hand speed, all that stuff. So, uh, <laughs> fame comes out. Okay. No, not fame comes out, but the fight starts, right? And, and so one of the commentators says, uh, that fame's decided he was going to go, um, was it Southpaw? He was going to do Southpaw. He was going to do Southpaw because, uh, I guess just to make Chad uncomfortable, right? Just to kind of like what Jamal Hill did. Uh, you're going to, but not planned. Jamal Hill didn't plan that. He adjusted to do this. This was, a, this was planned. He was like, they're probably planning to go against a right handed dude. So I'm, I'm going to fight left handed in this camp. One of the dumbest decisions. But, like, who's to say he would have won with the right hand? You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's he just messed up. He messed up. Oh, God. He messed up his whole thing. Because now they're in, they're in the fight. And I'll tell you this. This this fight was not close. This fight was not even. It, it was actually not funny how, like, you know, this dude. Whoever, first of all, why? Like, why? Cause, cause he apparently he wanted the fight, you know. Dang, this looks makes me look really fat. So apparently he wanted the fight. He he wanted the Chad Mendes fight. That's that's we know this. He said he wanted the Chad Mendes fight. And my question is, why? Why would you do that to yourself? In what world is that a good idea? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got. I'm one in one in BKFC. Oh, let me fight Chad Money Mendes. Like, come on, bro. Come on. So, pretty quickly, you can tell Chad is going for an overhand. Like, he's trying to hit an overhand. Every every combination ends with this, this right overhand. And, jeez, Louise. Like, interesting, interesting decision by him. So, let's see. I go... Let's see. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm looking. I'm laughing because I'm looking at these notes, and I'm just like, "Jeez, man!" Like, 
I was really just ripping into fans like the whole fight. But I'll, I let me read some of the like the the actual good, not good, but like, cause I wrote some stats, and I I wrote I wrote. <laughs> Fames couldn't handle Chad's pressure and struggled throwing anything off the back foot, which is true. Chad basically pressured Fames the whole fight, and he couldn't. I, I he couldn't get any shots off because I'm guessing he didn't like. He I guess he thought he was gonna impose his will on Chad Mendez, but Chad kept throwing those power shots, and he was missing. Like he was missing. Like uh. Fames can slip pretty well, at least when the shots are coming from that far away and that noticeably away. And he slips them, and I'm just like, dang. So, what is he going to do? Because Chad eventually knocked Fames out four times. But in that first round, it was just like, what is he really going to do? Because... He can't. He's getting off like jabs. He's getting like pitter patter shots, but he can't. He can't get a power shot off because he's just on the back foot, just on the back foot, on the back foot, on the back foot, on the back foot. He can't solve this puzzle right now. So round two comes up, a lot of the same, and I think that was the first knockdown, if I'm not mistaken. Chad hit one of those shots coming far away, and dude went down. Ooh, went down easily. Shout out to Fames though. He ate that. He got. He said, "I got hit. I'm gonna get right back up," and went right back to getting his ass beat. You know, <laughs> he went right back to it. Right back to it. He went right back to getting his 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 butt whooped, and the dude gets clipped. Shot after shot after shot after shot. Not getting clipped, but he's getting hit, but nothing big. So. I th- I think it was at the start of the third. There was a little bit of a problem with. Because I think they started hand fighting, and I'm I'm get they said in the rules of BKFC you can't hand fight, and I was like, so this is really just, that's why I'm calling it really just boxing, like really just boxing, because you can't even hand fight or nothing. I thought like the difference was you could do like, I don't know, I thought you could just do more than what they let you do, because it's really just boxing, like it's really just boxing with bare knuckles. And if I were to do that, I would just you know get get into boxing, but. Boxing with bare knuckles, it is. And <laughs> they kept hand fighting. And the, and the ref is just, you can't hold hand. You can't grab hand. You can't grab hand. And these two, they're just out here grabbing each other's hand. Like, they love each other, bro. They're grabbing each other's hands. And the ref, and then you could tell, like, at, at one point, Chad was just starting to get annoyed with this with this dude. Like, he's like, God damn it. Okay, okay, okay. Because it's a force of habit. You know, this dude, his whole career, you're telling me he can hand fight. And now he can't hand fight. You know what I mean? But I think by the, what was it? the not, There was two knockdowns in the fourth, I believe. One in the third, I'm guessing. And man. So he got knocked. Fames, we go to the fourth round. Fames gets knocked down. What was it? The fifth. Jeez. Did, was it the fifth? Am I lying? I guess I'm lying. I don't know. But. What. <sighs> So he gets knocked down one time. But one thing I hated, actually, I'll point this out before. Every time fame, every single time fames got hit, like got knocked down, he got up and he would try to get like a, a such a, such a schmarmy, such a sleazy fucking shot. So, you know, when they stand you up for the eight count and it's you and the ref and then obviously your competitor is kind of out of the way. Chad was getting kind of close because 
why wouldn't you take advantage of what you just did? You just knocked him down, try to pressure him, get another knockdown. I agree with it. But he wasn't getting close and he wasn't doing this. So he would get up, they would separate, correct. And then as soon as the ref moved out of the way, just just go right for, for a straight or looping something. Something's something that Chad wouldn't notice because he's still getting helped out the way. So he, he tries to hit those. The idiot misses like all of them but one. And then this dude was getting beat, man. The singer the singer was trying to sing his way out of this, man. Fames was getting beat. And it looked at the last lockdown knockdown. He just he didn't he didn't want to go out there anymore. You could tell that last knockdown hands on head, butt up in the air. Looks like he's gonna twerk, bro. Type stuff. Knees on the ground, and he just doesn't. He doesn't. He gets up, and then I think the ref knows. That he looks at the, he looks at his face, and Fames is just on. He looks at his face and he's just like, nah, 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 it's over. It's over, man. It's over. And, and it, bro, he, when I say he looks so relieved, Fames looks so relieved that that was over. He just put himself through hell. Cause like I'm just said with Johnny Walker, I understand game plans. I understand this stuff, but you also have to know, man, if you're out there training to fuck, to, Ah, let me. Ah, what is this? One eleven. If you if you if you're out there and you're training to freaking fight, man, you're out there training to fight, bro. Like to fight, you know what I mean? You're training to fight, man. So and this dude, instead of doing what he's good at and exploiting it, he's saying, "I'm gonna just fight a whole different way from what I fight." You know what I mean? And I guess you can make that argument too for Chad. Chad has never fought like this before, but he's fought in a sense. You know, he has more than two fights. Chad has more than two fights. He's 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 a he's maybe not a Hall of Famer in the UFC, but people remember the Ch- the name Chad Mendes. You know what I mean? So, ah man, it's it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one for sure because I just believe that. Like I don't understand what that what the mindset for Fames was to fight him, but shout out to Chad Mendez. I had a look. I seen I seen Bisbings was was trying to say uh, Chad may may be on something. I don't know. I'm not gonna accuse it. You know I like Chad. I like Chad Mendez. I feel like you know if he would have fought better, he pre- he probably would have beat um what was it Conor McGregor. Because he was kind of beating him. And then he decided to uh, outbox instead of wrestle. But <laughs> So Chad, like like Bisping was saying, Chad Mini Mendez doesn't look so mini. Uh, I think he's talking uh, lots of stuff. But a good fight for Chad Mendez. Hopefully he's getting paid. That's one thing I would say. I was like, I don't want these... Uh, UFC fighters, former UFC fighters getting in and getting paid pennies just because they have nothing else to do. Because Chad Mendes could go train people. He could do a lot of things. So hopefully he's getting compensated well. I don't know how much he would be getting compensated, but I hope it's, a, it's at least in the six figures. Um, Good showing for him. Good showing for him. Let's Let's go to... 
it wasn't the main event. I'm pretty sure there was another fight after this. But we're only talking about these two because I want to. So, the legend, the myth, the person we'd all want to be in the inside. But we realize we should be a little bit more civilized. He is everyone's spirit animal. Mike Perry defeated Julian Lane in what was a bit of a one-sided fight. Not too one-sided. It was three to two rounds for sure. Um, we'll say that... Or let me get a sip. Let me get a sip right here. So this rivalry started, what's it, one of the nights... One of one of the 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 knuckle knuckle manias. No, I mean one of the BKFC cards. Uh, I guess Mike was drunk or something. <laughs> I think he even said he was a little drunk, and they were out there, um, kind of just arguing. I guess like uh, middle school children, but it was interesting because it's it's Julian Lane. You know, let me bang, bro. So let me bang, bro, against Mike Perry is like a fight that I never knew I needed to see, but I, I needed to see it as soon as I heard that this was announced. And they weren't the main event, which is like, ah, man, I hate that they like believe that that couldn't be a main event. But I guess like, I guess like, cause there are hardcore fans of that sport now, of that uh promotion now. So, I mean, I guess you have to also kind of like, you know, you have to, you have to do what you have to do. You have to, so, oh man, I just felt like that should have been the main event. The fight started with, what was it? A uh, Mike Perry knock, knock, it was, it was maybe like a minute, right? Let me see the notes. Man, I don't write detailed notes. <laughs> I just, I just put within, within, uh, a few minutes of the first round, Perry scores an early knockdown in round one. This, uh, one thing I will say was, uh, Julian Lane has a very sus chin, I guess. Um, dude was getting knocked out at his tail, but I mean, Fames was too. But those two had a war. Those two had a war. Julian, I'm not going to go too deep into the details because it's like, it's kind of irrelevant when thinking about it in the sense of like, uh, what this was because this was not for title contention, but it was, uh, it was a fun fight. It was a war. Perry won three of those rounds <laughs> and, and the knockdown and they gave a 10 8, I think. So it was what, 48, 46. It was 48-46 on, on all three judges. So, Mike Perry. Uh, these two had a war. What's it called? Perry. This is what I was going to mention, actually. Mike Perry. I, I'm I'm thinking this probably leads back to even some of his... That's why his nose messed up. Like, by Cerrone, I think, or whoever. Uh, he, he keeps his head... No, it was, it was the Luke fight. But he keeps his head, like... He doesn't move his head a lot. So, he... He gets clipped a lot, like a lot, a lot. And I seen that and I was just like, geez, man, he's eating him a lot. I don't want him to lose to let me bang, bro. You know what I mean? But uh, both of them just kept throwing. Like I, there just really wasn't too much like technique, technique per se. But it was it was obviously like it wasn't a bar fight, but it was 
it was a good, interesting fight from both men who decided to go out there and put on a show and <laughs> thinking that so the results are red and Perry's like, hey, you shouldn't have said that though. You shouldn't have said that though. <laughs> like it was so it was so cringe. It was so weird. Like it was weird. It was just weird, I'm gonna be honest. You shouldn't have said that though. You know, you shouldn't have said anything. You shouldn't have said what you said. Cause like that's messed up. <laughs> and Julian's lay Lane's like, oh no, no, bro, he's out of it. You know, he just got his, his, his butt whooped like <laughs> for three or five rounds. And the rounds that Julian won were like he had a good jab, like he was landing. He landed a few, but compared to what what Perry was landing on Julian. And I felt like there should have been more knockdowns in their work. Cause uh there was a lot of times where Julian touched the canvas and they let it go. But I just feel like if you're telling me someone's punching you hard enough to where you have to touch the canvas, like, is that not a standing knockdown? You know what I mean? It is what it is. Good fight by both. Um, you know, they're doing stuff that we probably couldn't do, but shout out to uh <laughs> just just the GOAT. Shout out to the GOAT, Mike Perry. Hopefully, he says he wants a title shot. He says he wants the BKSC, what's it, welterweight championship or whatever. He says he wants it. So, come on, man. They need to give him some money, and they need to, they need to make that happen right quick, at least for Mike Perry's sake. Um, I was going to give my thoughts real quick on uh the the the, the, the sport and the, the promotion that is BKSC. I know it started off bad because I remember there was... Well, it didn't start off bad, but I just hated that. I remember there was a video of the of the, the Dana White of BKFC. I forgot his name. But he was like, oh, we're going to take away these guys' paychecks. And that's like, don't do that. You know what I mean? Because I think there was a fight that was considered a little boring. And he came out there and he was like, oh, we're going to take these guys' paychecks. He's not like Vince McMahon. We're going we're gonna to make sure they don't get paid. So, uh... I was like, I hope this thing goes underground real quick. When I saw that, I was like, you're telling me these dudes are out there risking their lives. And yes, the fight may have not been the most interesting. But you're telling me you're going to take away their paycheck, man? Their freaking paycheck? That's crazy. That's absolutely insane. But they've overcome that. And they've, uh, they've overcame that. And they've not only overcame that, but they... It it looks better. Like the whole the sport itself looks cleaner. It looks professional. I love that these dudes can wear sponsors and you know their own custom shorts. It's, it doesn't have to be all uniform, like the UFC. But I, I hope I hope it I hope it grows. I hope BKFC grows. But I also understand like these dudes are probably gonna have some of the worst. <laughs> they're gonna get the bad CT. Like there's a good version, right? They're gonna get they're gonna get so their CT is gonna be oh my god. They're gonna look at these dudes' brains and be like God, because because even though the USC gloves for all the crap that they get, there's still some padding in there. You know what I mean? There's still a little bit. It's not a lot, but that 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 changes more than enough. You know what I mean? That changes a lot. And you're telling me these dudes they get the fist. For the red, for the thumb, because I think the thumb will break easily. Because if you if you punch wrong, like if you put that thing right there. Where is it? If you put it in between the fingers when you roll up your hand, that that'll probably break. So you these you they they wrap the thumb, everything else clean, 
and you're telling me these guys are gonna are just hitting each other. So that's why that that is why I also noticed that they don't land as much as the UFC fighters do, um, because that's a that's a that's a shot to the face. I also find it intriguing that they only do two minute rounds, but I'm guessing that's like a commission thing. But all in all, Knucklemania, BKFC, people need to start watching it because it's a good it's a good thing to watch. Like I believe that Knucklemania was uh was a good card and i'm gonna start being more intrigued with these cards like the i haven't even seen a card in the bkfc since the page fan sent rachel ostrovich fight so i i hope these dudes can put on more performances to where i i find like the the main guys that are in there not just the ufc guys but the main guys in there uh i start watching but uh all in all great show uh professional looking show uh shout out to mike perry shout out to chad mendez hopefully both are getting paid that's the most important thing i want these dudes to get paid that we're getting paid pretty decent in the ufc so hopefully they're getting paid pretty decent in bkfc but you know what the b no no it doesn't work it doesn't work but i was going to say something about boxing and then awkwardly segue into boxing, but I've already made an awkward segue, so let's go into the main event. We'll go in uh first. We'll give a good shout out to Vidal Riley, who fought on the undercard of this Kel Brook versus Amir King Kong uh main uh main event card. Uh he fought on the undercard and he basically destroyed his opponent. Uh, there was nothing more to be said because there is nothing more to be said. He outclassed his opponent, and I'm happy for him because he can finally box. I know he was struggling with a back injury. Um, he was supposed to fight like on one of the trailer cards. I'm pretty sure, but he was struggling with a back injury, and uh, he couldn't make it to that card. But he's now. Let me move this chair up right quick. Apologies. He is now uh, in the UK fighting, which is great because one of the things that also stopped, not just the back injury, but the pandemic hit. The pandemic hit and he legitimately couldn't fight. <laughs> like, you can't fight because you can't go, like, overseas and stuff like that because COVID and that. So... He was able to fight in the UK and hopefully he gets more fights in the UK and can be a champion cruiserweight. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh but good performance by him. I I hope to see more of Vidal Riley. For those of you who who might be intrigued with Vidal Riley, he or feel like you heard his name. He was a KSI's trainer in the infamous but immortal card that is KSI versus Logan Paul. Um, he trained him for the first two fights. He says he won't train him anymore, but we never know. Uh, they're good friends. But <laughs> but now going into the main event, I'm not going to speak a lot on this because this is like, I knew, I knew when I, when I saw this like announced and everything, I was going to be underwhelmed. So we have Amir King Kong versus... Kelbrook and it just 
I was intrigued with this. Let me get in the center of this picture. I was intrigued with this fight. I, like, I watched it because it was like the return of Amir Khan. He hadn't fought since, what, 2019. And uh, I always liked Amir Khan. I won't lie. I'm not going to say I wasn't a, a bit of a follower. Um, I didn't think he was like the next coming of Floyd Mayweather or something like that. Or he was going to beat Floyd. But I thought he was an intriguing uh, guy. Because he basically reminded me of like. I'm not going to disrespect uh, Haseem Nahmed like that. But I thought he, like he reminded me of Haseem Nahmed in the in the speed. But Haseem was way faster. But he was way. Haseem was way smaller too. So you have to kind of put those into consideration. But. Um, what was it? Uh, Amir Khan. Uh, was was always gonna be it was like the golden boy of British boxing in a sense. He he looked like he was destined for greatness, and it just felt like he always got set back. Um, let me take out his uh his record right quick because I felt as though I think he has four or five losses. Let's see this right quick. Oh, ooh, I found some interesting things right here. Okay, so oh, he has so he's thirty four and six, and his first loss came to where is it? British, British Scott, British Prescott. I remember this. This was he lost in a minute. He lost in a minute to British. Prescott and it was interesting because I know the backstory to that was uh Prescott had knockouts, right? He had knockout he beat certain people. Um but at that point he was fighting like very low level that to the where there was no um there was really no footage on him. So there was really no way to really like study him. And uh you know, Amir Khan got caught. He got caught twice and early, early, very early. So what was it after that? He went on a little bit of a run. Be Pali Malanaji, Sab Judah also. And what was it? He lost to Lamont Pearson, who I've never heard of, to be fair. And I know he lost to Danny Garcia. I remember that because that was pretty early. But. <laughs> so. And he even. He has a Marco Mandana win. Good for him. <sighs> Uh, and he, I remember the, this is where I was going to, going to say, so Amir Khan, obviously a great, a great fighter. Um, I just felt like he struggled to get over the hump. And once he, I think he gets discouraged really easily. I'll say that much. I think he gets discouraged a lot. Um, but like, I remember what is it? I remember when uh, what's it? Kel Brook, because Kel they they both share a similar story in the sense of I think Kel Brook also lost to one of the guy one of the main guys Amir Khan. Yeah, so uh, Kel Brook lost to Glovekin, Errol Spence, 
and Terrence Crawford. Those are like, let's get this straight. If you lose to Triple G, Errol Spence, or Terrence Crawford, there's nothing to be ashamed about. Uh, I know he got TKO'd by Spence, but and he got KO'd by Crawford. But those are those dudes are um uh they're they're Triple G. I think he only got a decision. No, he got. Oh my God, he got TKO'd by all of them. I'm lying. Oh Lord. Okay, but all in all, all of those dudes are world class guys. If if I were obviously I'm not a boxer or nothing like that, but if I lost to those three names, you know I'm not I'm not I'm not um, mad about that. I I take I take that on the chin and move on, and that's what Brooke has done. He's moved on uh, since his uh, Crawford loss. What was it in 2020? So both of these dudes have time off. Kel Brook two years ago lost to Bud Crawford in four rounds, and what was it three years ago? No, he beat Billy Dip. Okay, so in 2019, in April 2019, uh, was it Terrence Crawford, Amir Khan, and round uh, he gets TKO'd in round six. It was a really weird thing. I'll talk about real quick, but <laughs> before that, so he gets hit in in you know in the in the in the in the raspberries. We'll say he gets hit in the raspberries real hard and. He just said he couldn't go on after that. And what it looked like was he was looking for a way out. It looked like he was looking for a way out. Because, you know, Bud Crawford is on a different level. I like him. Uh, I like Khan a lot. But it just looked, again, like he looks like he gets very much like, jeez. He gets very much like, when when it doesn't work out, he kind of gives up. Uh He's not a quitter, but it just looks like it's on his face. Like he's like, "Dang, I can't like I I can't solve this." You know what I mean? And Kelbrook took his break, and they both took a break. And <laughs> both of them took a break. They got they got beat up by Dove Cro- Bud Crawford, and they took a break. They come back, and it's just it. <laughs> so one thing I didn't know. So they're walking out. One thing I did not know was they go into this fight. And oh my god, they got and and I was like, oh, he's getting cornered by by Terrence Crawford, and I'm, and in my mind, I'm like, I'm making this funny because like it's just it is in my in my in my head. This dude got his his butt whooped, his ass beat so hard like, that he was like, I, I he has to like I have to learn from me because if he beat me up that bad, like like I gotta learn from him. So now Terrence, he has a team with Terrence Crawford. They come here and they they're here to to to, to do the thing, to to fight, to do the thing. Jesus Christ, to to brawl and. Oh my god. Um the fight starts off as as it would. Both are feeling each other out. And it just it just I at no point did I it did I feel in my mind that Khan was gonna win that even during the fight. I just felt like he's just been so far removed from boxing as a whole to like want a fight. And so when he came back, I I I was intrigued. Um, 
I'll, I'll point this out because there isn't much to speak about other than he was outclassed and out cardioed for sure. And he lost, lost in a sense. Kelbrook went in there and, and fought a fight that Khan was always going to struggle with, even in his prime, he was going to struggle with. But, you know, Khan has had. He was always a speed guy. I always remember him being a speed guy. But, you know, when he gets pressured, it's it's hard for him. It's hard for him when someone p- pushes the pressure and makes it ugly. It's always been hard for him because his chin is very. Um, it's a suspect one to be to be. Very honest, I guess. Um, someone pointed out to me that right now we should either be very afraid because there's a little conspiracy I made up right quick. It's not, it's not really, it's not real, but Amir Khan for three fights, three, his, his, he, the sixth round, it's the sixth round. He needs to find a way to beat the sixth round because against Canelo Alvarez, he was KO'd in round six. Bud Crawford, like I said, round six out of 12. Kel Brook, round six. So, he can get out of round six. <laughs> he could be a world champion. <laughs> but honestly, it was really nothing. I Like, again, I, I just I didn't feel that there was anything, not in training, not in any anything I saw that made me think he was going to beat Kel Brook. And purely for the fact that I just felt like he didn't really want that fight, but it was probably just enough money for him to want the fight. Like, yeah, you know, if you give me a few more, I'll say yes. And that's what he did. And he and he, he said yes. And Ugh. <laughs> Uh, there was a there's a lot of things I threw for money, but I don't know if I'd like to get my ass beat for that much, for whatever they're paying me. But Amir Khan, I think after the fight, said his his love and passion for boxing isn't there anymore. And I would and I would counter that with, we knew this, we knew this again. This is why I questioned the fight being booked in the first place, and this is why. I I don't think so. He has three weeks, three weeks to enact his rematch clause. I don't think it's gonna get reenacted. Right? What's it? Reactivated. I don't think it, it, it's gonna be activated. I think he's gonna ride off to the sunset. I think this is unless he faces someone like that low on the totem pole. Maybe in a few years, I do not feel like he's coming back to boxing uh, anytime soon. The dude just doesn't look like he wants to do it anymore, and which is a good thing, you know. Like if he if he found other ways to make money, and you don't have to box, uh, I hope he he's happy. I I truly believe that he probably is happy, and that's why he just can't find the passion for boxing anymore. They say what's it? It's hard to get out of bed when you're sleeping in silk pajamas. So hopefully he has the most silk on his pajamas. But it was a bad performance by Amir Khan. And I just hope he's not in there anymore. I truly hope he's just not. He, I truly hope he's legitimately like he doesn't want to fight anymore because it's just, it's, he's just, he's just there to lose. He's like legitimately just there to lose. 
And I don't know. I, I, I don't know if Amir Khan needs to fight. So good win by Kelbrook, but Amir Khan, I hope, retires. I hope he doesn't activate that that rematch clause because I, I don't want to see him get beat up by Brooke again. Um, he'll always be known as like the dude that, that was there, but never got there or he was close, but just not, not close enough. But, you know, shout out to him. Um, shout out to all the dudes. I like, if you know me, I really don't like boxing, not because I don't like boxing. I love watching boxing. I love watching like all sports except like certain ones. Most most sports are really fun to watch, but I hate just boxing because it's so messy with the promotions and things like that. But I feel like big fights always usually get made on that side of the earth. Across the pond, it feels like they always get made most of the time. And here, it looks like people avoid each other every other <clears throat> every other day. So I just um I hope those two don't meet again, and I hope Khan can get like uh. Not Khan. I hope Brooke can, you know, get... I don't know the rankings right now in boxing, but I hope he can get higher higher rankings, and I hope he can go make a lot of money. I like the dude. I just think sometimes he talks a lot, but, you know, that doesn't mean I don't want him to be successful. So, good for those two. And we're going to go to the last, last topic of today, and that is... We did lots of this was a, a very heavy on on combat sports. I'm not gonna spend too much time on this, but NBA basketball we had we had a few things go on. Let's first talk about the three point contest and how the big man, the big man, won the three the three point contest. It was uh I think it was cat. Carl Anthony Towns, who won, obviously. And it was Luke Kennard and... Let me see. Luke Kennard, I want to say Trey Young. I'm pretty sure it was Trey Young. Both, all men. All men. Uh, I think... Cat, what was it? He, he went up with 29, 29 points. So, pretty good uh, for him. Um... I think all in all, uh, I liked this. I had the most fun with all of the All-Star Weekend. Because I even saw the Celebrity Game, and that was pretty fun. I saw Jack Harlow make a four-pointer. So good for him. Uh, MGK played probably the worst basketball by any uh, All-Star ever. Like, ever. So uh, that was like night one. That was the Friday and then, you know, Saturday is like the skills challenge, three-point contest, all that stuff. Uh, the skills challenge, instead of doing like one person winning the skills challenge, they did a, um, like a three, three v three or something like that. And it was basically team Cavs. So it was like, I think, what was it? Jared Allen, um, Garland and someone else. And, uh, against, I'm trying to think. Uh oh, against the Octacupo brothers against like three rookies. I know one of them was Josh Giddy. Um 
it was an interesting take on the challenge. I kind of like when one person is. I think they. I just hate it when they do stuff like that. Like, don't don't change it up that much. You know what I mean? But the the skill challenge was pretty fun. I'll be honest. Um, the team Cavs one. Let's let's make that clear. Team Cavs one. Uh, so yes, LeBron James less than finally the Cavaliers win a trophy. But is it the big trophy? No, it's the the Cavaliers who won the skills challenge. You know what I mean? Uh, good for them. Uh, no, no, actually good for them. Uh, it was a good performance by them. They beat Team Rooks and Team Antetokounmpo, who that team gets carried. Like I'm gonna be honest, like uh man, uh. Those they were, I think they were third because I remember the rookies doing doing pretty well. So yeah, I think they're just big, so it's hard for them to like get down the court and everything uh, at a fast, fast pace. But shout out to Team Cavs for for winning that 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 all elusive championship. Good for them. But honestly, honestly, we'll we'll get to the. What was it? The dunk contest was seen as one of the worst uh, dunk contests ever, apparently. Um, I think that's unfair. And I think it's unfair that the legends are saying this because the legends have the benefit of. There was still not like when the legend, like the legends that were on that are on the court and are saying that the contest was whack. Uh, everything hadn't been done yet. So now we're in 2020, 2022, actually, my bad. We're in 2022, and there isn't much that hasn't been done anymore. And if it hasn't been done, it's either those weird, dun- like, because I know some people have said, like, you know, there, there's like that three-point contest show. I don't know what it is, but the one that has, like, Nate Robinson as a as a, as a judge, and, you know, they're doing stuff that hasn't been done before, right? But you also have to remember, like, those dudes are all nimble guys. Like, they're all tiny. And they're all, they they all, they do that for a living somewhere. You know, they're training to them. You know, these dudes, they get their selections and probably, like, a few weeks out or whatever. And then now they have to train, like, to do these perfect dunks. And it's just not, I don't know. I just find it, I find it hard, uh, to just call these dudes suckers and to say that they're trash and everything because the people in the past, the reason why those were so good was because they're, they've been done before. The, the, the junk, the dunks are now, they're all done. They're all done. There's nothing that isn't like conventional that hasn't been done. But I guess like there are some stuff that have, hasn't been done and these dudes are just kind of not doing what they have to do. But all in all, um, yeah, I mean, I just find it also funny that they say that the the dunks, they're not good anymore. I find it funny that they say that. But if you look at it, the only competitions that are really remembered are the ones that either someone was robbed or someone was robbed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because what was it? We remember what was it? The Jordan one with, was it Dominique? We remember the the Aaron Gordon Levine and then we remember what's it Aaron Gordon and what's it Derrick Jones Jr. 
So we, we're remembering like those. I guess there are some like the Nate Robinson ones with like uh, Dwight and stuff like that. We remember those, but I just who cares? You know what I mean? Like who cares? Who cares, man? Uh, it's just I just feel like the ones that are remembered are the ones that are just like someone got robbed. And we say, like, oh, these aren't interesting anymore. And it's, like, they kind of are. At least to me, they are. But, um, yeah. Um, getting into the last thing. The very last. So, now we're at the All-Star game. Let me see. Uh, let's see the, what's it called? The All-Star game lineups. Because... I had a little bit of an opinion on these, but we'll see right quick. So Team Durant and Team Durant didn't play. I mean, not no Team Durant, but Kevin Durant didn't play. Had obviously uh, Kevin Durant didn't play. Joel Embiid, uh, Jean Morant, Jason Tatum, Andrew Wiggins, Trey Young. The reserves, LaMelo Ball, Devin Booker, Rudy Gobert, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, DeJounte Murray, who is an all, who basically got in as an alternate, but that's my guy. I'm a Spurs guy till I die, even though I got all these Houston tattoos. Um, I'm just, I just, I love the Spurs since I was a kid, like since I was just so young. I love the Spurs, so. They're going through a rebuild, but DeJounte Murray this is a guy people need to really start paying attention to. Carl Anthony Towns and Draymond Green, who was the reason that I think, yeah, DeJounte was uh, uh, Draymond's replacement. And who was, oh, and LaMelo was Kevin Durant's replacement. So good for them against Team LeBron, which was LeBron. Dang, he looks really chubby in that pick. <laughs> LeBron, why did they do, is that him? Damn. Okay. Jeez. Man, one day, one day he's not gonna be there though. I'm making fun of him, but one day LeBron isn't gonna be there, and I'm gonna miss him. I hate him. He beat my Spurs in 2013. I have nightmares about it. But I'm gonna miss him. <laughs> but why he looks so chubby in this pick? If you go to the to the to the All Star starters in the NBA page. They gave him this profile picture, but he just looks so chubby. Like, I guess the smile on something, but I feel like they did him dirty. Maybe that's just him, though. Uh, so you have Giannis, LeBron, Giannis, uh, Stephen Curry, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Jokic. Jared Allen, who replaced the injured James Harden, Jimmy Butler, Luka Doncic, Darius Garland, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Freddie Van Vliet. Those were the all-star teams. Um, one thing that I was saying is these all-star games usually get to like 160. And at first, second, they look like they were on pace to score 200. At least in my books, I was like, they're really about to score 200, huh? So it started with a 45 to 47 in the first quarter. Team LeBron with 47, Team Durant 45. Then Team LeBron took their uh what's it gas off the pedal for a second, scored 46, but Team Durant scored 49. Close game. 
Both teams score 45 going into the fourth. And in the, uh, what's it called? In the last quarter, LeBron hit the game-winning shot and won it for Team LeBron. Uh, LeBron needs to start acting like he don't care about these games. <laughs> like, let, let's be 100% honest. This dude knows, knows that he cares about these games. He's won, what, five? All five since they started doing, like, the team captain thing and stopped with the East and the West thing. He's won all five of these games. Stop acting like you don't care. You know you care. You know you care. Even though he, he might not even be saying he doesn't care, but I know he takes these games more seriously than the average person. Cause when he, and, and he had to hit that game winning shot. And I'm just like, this, this is scripted. Like this has to be scripted, man. This just has to be scripted. Like, how is it that the team Durant leading the whole game? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to be back. Okay, I'm gonna be right back. I change. I like. I do something else. I come back, and I see one. What's it? One sixty-one to one sixty. I'm watching. I'm basically. I came back for the final possession because I watched it, and I'm like, oh crap! Because I think they had who? Someone was on him. It was like a point guard, and then Joel Embiid just runs to help. He just runs to help. He gets his hands, up, but it's too late. LeBron had shot it, and man, was it a beauty! He shot that beauty so good, but. He hit the shot, too. <laughs> and so Team LeBron wins 163-160. And I like the whole, like, getting to a certain score. I feel like that makes it the more intense. I feel like they should do kind of something like that on the regular season or something. You know how they want to do an in-season tournament? They should do, like, a gimmicky one. And it should be, like, first to score, like, 100 or something like that. Because I feel like if you do first to score 100, like... If it matters to certain players, like, they'll play some good defense. You know what I mean? But it was a fun – I, I legitimately think this is one of my favorite All-Star Weekends just because – and the celebrity – obviously, some people don't even care about it. But the, I usually like the celebrity game. But I feel like, obviously, it's going to be filled with, like, C, C-list, a lot of C-list. But uh, I feel like there was a lot of, like, known names. Was it Machine Gun Kelly, like I said, Jack Harlow? Um, Quavo, a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, uh, or a good amount of people that you would, you would know. Um, uh, skills night was good. Some people say that the, the dunk contest was bad. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and just say, it's hard to come up with something new these days. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of hard to come up with something new these days. Cause just everything has been done in dunking realistically, but and oh yeah, and the the actual All Star game was a fun game, one of the funner games of the season. Um, and it was an All Star game, and I just you know I thought it was a good game. Some baseball player, wait, let's talk about that shit. Some bum baseball player was like, man, that was, uh, that was racial undertones, bro. I'll call it right now. Like I'm gonna be honest, like racial undertones, because it's like it was like unless it's baseball or NHL. All other sports should just stop. And I'm like, you really just pointed out, like, the sports that have, like, the most, like, white folk playing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, replay. You, you don't fake when a, when a, when a pitcher throws a 90-mile-per-hour ball. And it's just like, huh? Who, first of all, who asked? Like, who asked, first of all? Uh, like who's like my thing is just like who's asking a white dude on their opinion on basketball? You know what I mean? Like 
who cares? Like, why Why did that, like, why did he feel like he needed to even say anything? Because no one's asking his opinion on basketball. We're asking, if, 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 if people have questions on baseball, I'm pretty sure there's even better questions to ask, better people to ask than him. Because he sounded clueless when he said that. Again, racial undertone. I just feel like, why is it NHL and MLB that are like, they need to stop doing all-star games? Yeah. Mm, what do you mean by that? <laughs> but all in all, decent sports week. What do we have coming up? I know we have another UFC card. So let's, let's, oh, we have, uh, Makachev versus Bobby Green, like I, I pointed out earlier. So we'll do that. We'll review that. And then I don't think the NBA starts again until, what's it? Oh, no, it does. So when is it? Oh, I'm lying, man. Okay, yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about some key games, uh, during the week. And then after that, we'll see what else is in the news and what else we can, uh, what other events happen. We'll talk about those. Thank you. This is, uh, we're gonna try to keep these going quicker. I know this was a long one, but I just felt like there was a lot to talk about. So thank you for those who listen. Thank you for those who haven't listened. I will listen to this one in the future because i hope they will um this has been the let's do sports podcast so let's go do some sports huh